You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 101. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm comfy. I am comfy and cozy and a nice gaming chair. Mmm, yeah. Look at you all specked out in that nice gaming chair. It's pretty nice. I didn't spend a ton of money, but, you know, $200 on a chair I think is worth it. It's got the full back all the way up to the head. I've got extra pillows. Sorry, I'm away from the mic. Got an extra, like, pillow to go here. That is not that comfortable yet because I haven't figured it out. There's a lumbar pillow. This is great. It's amazing. It looks. Like, I know that's what gaming chairs look like, but it reminds me of like a like a racing seat <laughs> for like a race car. No. Yes. It looks like a bucket seat for a car. Very cool. I am jealous. It looks really nice, and no more squeaky chair for Mitch, which no, is positive for us. Me moving with like the leather, I guess. Might 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 make some noise, but no, I'm moving around like crazy. My chair would be squeaking like a madman right now, and nothing. So yes, look at that, nice. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. I uh, for those wondering at home or keeping track at home, I survived the Great South Bay Music Festival. <laughs> yes, I know that's we were good. About that How many uh, sunburns did you get? Two. So on the that's first good. day, the first yeah. day, Thursday, it was a cloudy day. I, was, huh, I don't need sunblock. I'll be fine. Ooh. Sun came back out, um, and I got my neck got very burned that day. And then Saturday and Sunday, the feel like temperature was 105. <sighs> so, um, not a whole lot of fun. I mean, the festival itself and covering it, yeah, that that is fun. But just being out in that kind of heat for seven hours a day, not all that great. So uh, by the time Sunday came around, I was pretty much toasted. I was done. That's rough, man. That's. <laughs> Well, it's done. You did. A, you darn did a good job. So good job by you. Thank you. I am glad that it's over. But something that I am excited to do right now is talk a little New York Islanders hockey with you. Our weekly podcast is back for episode one hundred and one. So with with that, before you get into the topics for today, so uh, Piper underscore IODC came at us 
you and I that came at yeah. us. It sounds aggressive. It was not aggressive. It was very no. very helpful. Uh, with a suggestion on because we ran out of player numbers, right? We're at one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. No one wears triple digits. And so their suggestion was uh, for next episodes, like 101, why not pick an Islander draft pick from 01, as in 2001? You could do that up to episode 119, which you know, makes sense. And then we could we could flip it from there. I even thought of seeing how many picks we've we've taken at number 101 and then go from there. Uh, but I, I'm going to do more research for those picks later. Right now, what I'm going to do is take his idea or their idea for uh, 2001. Uh, and that was a terrible draft. I think I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna I have to go back and do like a redrafting 2001 because uh, the Islanders had one player in that entire draft class that played more than one game in the NHL. Really? That's yeah. It? So, so 2001, they didn't have very many draft picks. Well, they they had quite a few, but they were very late. Like their first draft pick, fourth round. And that was all. Uh, Mike Bilberry nonsense. No. Yeah, Mike Milbury was at his best right there, peak trading away draft picks for for vets. So Corey Stillman was uh, their first pick in the fourth round. <laughs> From there, they had a fourth, a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and three ninth round picks. Uh, uh, the only one to do anything was Andy Chiodo, who played eight games in the NHL. So that's who okay. I'm going with for this episode, the Andy Chiodo episode. <laughs> Isles legend, baby. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna do probably a redrafting of 2001, considering that they didn't make a pick until round four. Like they could have taken Christian Ehrhoff, who was taken 106, played 789 games in the NHL. There you go. It's semi-productive right there. Yeah, Especially when you yeah, consider absolutely. That their other so. what six picks gave him one game. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he was the only one to play any games in the NHL. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there you go. So the end Andy Chiodo episode, episode one oh one. All right. So with that we will get into our first topic of the day. And it actually kinda has to do with the New York Rangers a little bit too, Mitch. And I know you know what the topic is, but we'll yep. give some context and and explain. So Jacob Truba, RFA, finally signed his deal, and it was a seven year deal with a cap hit of eight million dollars per. And that got Mitch thinking. He wrote himself an article and saying, if that's what Jacob Truba's going to get, what is Ryan Pulak going to get next year? And that's something that we're going to have to start to think about pretty soon because Pulak, Devontae, and Matthew Barzell are all due contracts next year. And we're going to start needing to take you know context of what other players who are similar to them are making. So I guess we got to start with this. How similar is Truba and Pulak? Quite similar. Like obviously, okay. Take out the fact that Truba scored fifty goals or fifty goals, fifty points. And I know that's a huge thing. Like asterisks to be like, forget that. It's not forget it. It's consider other things. Um, he, Truba got that money because after his bridge deal or after his arbitration deal, he put up fifty points. He was not a fifty point player before that. Like he was a thirty point player before that. Uh, I think thirty three is where. Let me bring up his numbers. I, I just hadn't had chance to bring those up yet. Truba stats, uh, NHL.com. No, yeah, that's fine. Uh, his career high before putting up 50 points was 33. Okay. So if we're going production, Ryan Pulak already, before getting to their contract year, their big cash out year, uh, Ryan Pulak already is a better player production styles. But then when you get into the underlying numbers, they're kind of the same. Like they're really close. 
Uh, their five-on-five production isn't far at all, uh, whereas I think Truba has four more points five-on-five than, uh, than Pulak does. Again, this doesn't count power play. This is just five-on-five play. They're almost identical. Okay. I think it's um, he has one extra primary assist, Truba does, and two secondary assists more than he does. Or sorry, three more secondary assists. That makes four. Um, that's not, that's noise. He's got more noise than than, than Ryan Pulak does, and one and one extra uh, primary assist. That's it in terms of five on five. Their minutes are identical, except for the Ryan Pulak played two fewer minutes than than Jacob Truba did. That's it at five on five, or in total. Sorry, uh, no oh, five like on five times. Sorry. The in- through the entire season or on the average? entire season. Okay, so then that's not a big difference. Truba played 1,435.8 minutes to Ryan Pulak's 1,433.72 minutes. Okay. I didn't know if you meant like per night or over the course of the season. That makes a lot more sense. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how many games they played over the course of the season. But the idea is that there are two players that lug heavy minutes for their team. They produce at generally the same amount in terms of five-on-five. Uh, the, the shoots, the, the shoots, the shots. Uh, Tr- uh, Truba has 124 to Ryan Pulak's 137, uh, and expected goals for Pulak has 605 compared to Truba's 534. So when you compare like uh, advanced analytics and just straight up numbers in terms of shots on net and points, they're right there. They're the same type of player. So yeah, Ryan Pulak just on that, just on, on like uh, if you want to give it some sort of archetype. He fits. He fits the bill as an eight million dollar player. He just has to put up the numbers, which he should be able to do. If he if he puts up a fifty point year this year, then yeah, right. If he puts up fifty points, he's easily an eight million dollar player. If he puts up forty five, he might get close to that. Right. It, that's all. The, it all depends on what he does this year. I guess is the the point you're making. But exactly. you're saying that he could put up Truba numbers because he's realistically not all that far off in the numbers from him other than the points obviously he has all the skill all the talent all the same type of um, he plays the same way that Truba does in every measurable outcome they're the same player the only difference when you get to the power play it, it, it makes a difference like Truba put up 18 points on the power play last year 18 they're the same age no uh, Truba is 25, turn, so yeah. And Pulak's about to turn 25? Yeah, about the same size. I think Pulak is 6'4". Maybe not. Let me bring that up. Uh, Islanders, Pulak. Of course, I'm on NHL.com, so it takes a little bit longer. Pulak is a bit smaller. He's an inch smaller and like three pounds lighter. Okay, so all nearly identical. Yeah, absolutely. So are you expecting him to get that seven-year, eight million per deal? Is that I what would, you think? I would say so, yeah, absolutely. He's already the number one guy. He's going to have a better year. Every time he's played, in the, uh, every year in the NHL, he's gotten better. Uh, their power play should be better. Like He scored nine power play points that last year. You give him another nine points on the power play, you're looking at a 46-point player. There's Truba. There's Truba. That's an $8 million player. I don't think it gets that high. What? I don't. I really, really don't. I think okay. he's going to be between uh, six and seven. Look, I, I'm all for it. Great. That sounds great to me because we we have then an eight million. Look, we have an eight million dollar player today, and we're paying him a quarter of that. Well, I, you don't really because he hasn't put up that fifty point production. He's yet. basically there. The only thing preventing him is our stupid power play. 
That's the only thing stopping him from being Ryan, uh, Jacob Truba. The only thing. Again, five-on-five five production is the same. It's all. It's not exactly the same, but it's right there. He, he gets a little bit more noise by three points. What are you going to tell me he's not going to get? He's going to lose a million dollars per year because he's got three fewer secondary assists? No. No. He puts up 46 points. He gets there. And he could do that with a competent power play. I guess. I, you're right. And I'm not saying that Ryan Pulak is, isn't good or anything like that no. or isn't as good as Jacob Truba. I just... I don't know if I'm ready to say that, okay, he's worth $8 million. And I guess really, and this is such a cop-out answer, but it all depends on what happens this year. Well, obviously, obviously it depends. Like if he, you know, lays an egg and puts up a Beauvillier and scores like 20 points, we're all going to go, he ain't worth that million, the $8 million. But he's got everything there. Like he, he's basically that type of player. And if he just has another year like this year and their power play doesn't poop the bed, he's there. He's right there. So, but, but is your argument that you don't think he's worth it? Or is it that you don't think that they'll give him that money? I guess a mix of both. Okay. See, I, well, I wouldn't have, it, man. Well, I wouldn't have given Truba eight million per. Okay, okay, we're getting we're getting somewhere. Why wouldn't you give Truba? And I'm not saying you're wrong. So, do you think that Truba is a, is a is an overpay? Yes. Okay. Why exactly? And again, I'm not trying to like goad you anywhere. I'm just really trying to get to the answer because I, he, I maybe he's worth it. Because he only really put up that one spectacular year. Gotcha. He he's solid. Don't get me wrong. I would like if in most teams would absolutely want Jacob Truba on their team. And in years gone by, I would. But the Islanders are just filled with right-handed defensemen that they don't really need <laughs> yeah. it. But theoretically, yes, I would like a Jacob Truba-like player. I just don't think he is worth eight million dollars per. I don't it's a lot him, of money. In terms of ranking defensemen, what is that per year? Like that eight million dollars? Like you mean like tenth like- for defensemen? Uh, let's bring that up. Well, so we, we all saw the graph of, of, uh, the cost of blue lines across the NHL, right? And the Rangers have the second most expensive blue line in the NHL right now after right. the San Jose Sharks that count two perennial Norris trophy candidates. Right. But both Insane. those guys are making what? 10 million plus 11 something. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's bring this up by cap hit. And we're looking at position just defensemen. Uh, we'll rank by cap hit. We don't care about anything else, just defensemen. So Jacob Truba is the seventh highest paid defenseman in terms of cap hit. Not salary, cap hit. Because his salary is $12 million this year. Okay. And do you think he's the seventh best defenseman in the league? Uh, no. No, probably not. No. No, he's, he's not. Top 15, sure. Like, I would rank Ekblad over him, but Ekblad's only 23. Um, I, I would definitely rank, I'd like to rank Ryan Ellis over him. I think he's a better defenseman just all around. I do. Um, I do too. And what he got six, uh, did he get six? Yes, he did. Six to five. That's where, um, that's where I would have, I would have been between six and seven on both Pulak and, uh, Truba. Now I would say Shea Weber's a better defenseman, but like Weber signed his deal in like nineteen twelve. Yeah, they exactly that kind of it's hard to <laughs> compare those fair. guys who signed three, four years ago. Um, who else? Like, yeah, it went with Tyson Berry, like that's a better well, maybe not. He's not a great defensive defenseman. But there are guys out there that are Dougie Hamilton, there's one right there. That he's 
ranked yeah, 30th in terms of cap five, it at 575. 575? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that's kind of your answer. I think that Truba was overpaid. I would I th- so if you told me that he got a Ryan Ellis deal at like six two five or six and a half, or maybe even maybe even seven million, I would give you. But I think eight is going too high. It's just Ryan Ellis has never given you fifty points. He's giving you forty one though. It's no, pretty but I darn think he, close. And I think he's better defensively than Truba is. Sure. Yeah, I'm fine with that. He's a little bit older at 28, but he signed his deal just this year. Oh, Ryan Ellis, eight years on that deal. He's 28. But uh, the Nashville. cap hit, I know, but cap hit wise, that's not terrible. No, no. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this in like six years, going like Ryan Ellis. That that beard is going to be on the floor, ZZ Top styles. Well, th- that's the same thing. What we were saying with Johnny Boychuk, how many years ago? That's true. Yeah. Um. But you're you're. Your point is is well taken. Like, is he a, a number seventh defenseman in the league? No. Is he top ten? Probably not. You might be able to argue it, especially if you're a Rangers fan. Uh, but he's not too far out of it. So paying him eight million dollars a year, oh, that's no. rough. I would I would probably confidently say top twenty for Truba, right? Uh, I, I would go top 15 at, at, at best, but at least sure. You can make the argument. We're, we're, we're splicing hairs at this point. It's very semantic to what we're getting into now. Right, which to me, if you're being paid $8 million or more per year, you got to at minimum be like top. I would go even higher than top 10. I would say in that five to seven range. Sure. Uh, yeah. Inflation, whatnot, and how much does like giving you having that number one guy now worth to you? Like you thought it was going to be Kevin Shattenkirk. Y- y'all were wrong. Uh, you don't have Ryan McDonough anymore. So who's your number one guy? And their number one guy is Jacob Truba. So how much is that worth to you? And, and that I'd... same argument can be made for Ryan Pulak next year. How much is being the number one guy, like the absolute number one guy, going to be worth? I don't. I don't like that logic, though. I think you're. That's flawed logic. I don't disagree, but it's 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 there, baby. I don't know, but I with I thought it was interesting the points that you brought up with how close Pulak and Truba's production are. I just don't think that Lou Lamarillo is going to say, "Hey, here's eight million dollars per because uh, our idiot crosstown rivals just did it to their number one defenseman." It's going to play like you see all these things and you know his agent is going to argue all these things. We have he's the same player. And if he puts up 40 points to 45 or more points, which he absolutely can do, he can absolutely do that. There's no question about it. Um, His agent is going to go. You have a Jacob Truba right here. Pay him Jacob Truba. Why not? You have no argument against it. My way too early prediction that's subject to change. (laughs) <laughs> because things things happen is uh, six million dollars per. I love it. Yeah, you, look, I'm not going to say that's dumb. I would absolutely love that. You're going to tell me we're going to get Ryan Pulak at six million dollars. So what? That's a third, or not that third, three quarters of a Jacob Truba. But we're getting a full Jacob Truba. Love it. I love it. There we but go. We'll see. We'll see. I, you're right. It obviously depends on how he does this year. It does, but I, I'm not saying that. I don't think he's going to regress. I think he puts up more points this year. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to be that $8 million price tag that we saw Jacob Trouba get. Maybe he does the franchise a solid and says, you know what, let's let's get in the middle and let's do a seven, and I'm helping you out by giving you an extra million on the books. 
but y'all remember that later. I guess. Right? Like, that's a possibility. Because, um, again, they got to sign Barzell. They got to sign Taze. And if I'm giving you an extra million dollars, it's not a ton of wiggle room, but, like, that should not go unnoticed. Like, look at the Rangers now. Look at them. Their 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 cap is all blown up because of that. They're, they, o- they're over now, I think. They're over by, you know, not a whole lot, but by some, just a bit. And they still need to sign uh, Bushnevich, no? Bushnevich, Brendan Lemieux, who was pretty good last year, Anthony D'Angelo. I thought Nemestnikov. No, no, not Nemestnikov. Nope. So those two guys, that that's that's not going to be cheap. They got to figure something. They got to move something. They got to move something. And it's it's up front. So, like, I'm looking at you, Vadislav Nemestnikov, or Chris Kreider, although, like, I would say Nemestnikov. Like, that that looks like a someone the Isles could get, you know, 44-point player. For the well, we know the Islanders and Rangers aren't going to trade. I know. I don't understand why not. But it's not like I'm saying we need to get Nemestikov. No, no, no. But I, the Rangers are going to have to make a move because they overpaid yep. for Jacob Truba. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Let's move along into our second topic of the evening, which is some prospects, Mitch. So, a top fifty current prospects ranking came out. And the Islanders had three, almost four. One was an honorable mention because he was ineligible. Who was the honorable mention? I, I didn't see that. Ila Sorokin, because he wasn't 23 or younger. That was the only thing. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Weird flex, but all right. That was the only thing. So Ila Sorokin's honorable mention, and it's probably because he had like a 940 and 1.6 <laughs> goals against average. Yeah, negative Something's- four goal scores against <laughs> He actually scored a goal every game, so there's a negative one goals against them. In Russia, goalies score on you. <laughs> so they had three. Care to guess who those three were? Well, I know them, but so I will. It's Noah Dobson, Oliver Wallstrom, and Bodie Wild. I don't believe in that order. I think it was Dobson, Wild, Wallstrom, was it not? No. I had the order right the first time. Yes. Dang it. So coming in at 21 was Noah Dobson. And that's not really a surprise that he was the number one, number one ranked Islanders prospect and put where he was in the rankings because uh, he's the most NHL ready now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, please. Um, this, he should be making what I, I guaranteed he makes a team this year. Right. I said that already. Um, he makes a team this year. And there's there's I, no reason to send him to the juniors, although they could yeah. send him to Europe. What are you going to gain out of that? either? No, that's stupid. It, it is. I... <laughs> If, and I think he does this, but if he impresses at training camp and during the preseason, you got to make a roster spot for him. You got to oh, move yeah. something. Something moves. They they make room for him. It doesn't matter what. They're shipping something out. Like even all the talk has been like Nick Letty, Nick Letty, Nick Letty, which is understandable. You could probably get good value back, but honestly, with his contract, I think you could probably move Scott Mayfield too, and he oh, like, opens can. up a spot on the right side. You could definitely move Scott Mayfield. And when you do the pros and cons, like Nick Letty could still do a job. Uh, is he overpaid for, for doing that job? Yeah, he definitely. But he ha- he gave you some good years. Gave you some good years. And he's not washed up or anything. The guy's, what, 29? I think 28. Like He's, he's not even out, outside of his prime. He's still, he can still give you at least two really good years. He could even get better over the next two years Wait. and then head the drop off. He only has three years left on his deal anyway. So and go. for the first couple of years, that $5.5 million cap hit was a steal. So it's it's evening out a little bit now at this point. I don't 
again, like I don't think he's worth that right now, but no. there's a chance that he gets back to that, maybe if it's not 40-point player, if he can give you 30 to 35 points, you sign up for that any day of the week, no? That's right. Absolutely. You absolutely do that. And, and you're right. He is the, the player on the Islanders' blue line that is worth the, well, not worth the most, that is tradable and worth the most. And by tradable, I mean like the organization would be willing to let him go. Mayfield, you mean? Sorry, no, Nick Letty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but like, because you could trade Brian Pulak. He's got the most value out of any defenseman well, on the team, right. but like you yeah. would never do that. Right. So, yeah, trading Nick Letty makes sense. Um, but yeah, you're right. Scott Mayfield, great cap hit. And you could get something out of that because of that cap hit. Like, look how much we got for uh, Travis Hamannick because of his cap hit. That's a good point. You got a first and two seconds. Yeah. So it's if not you're bad. if you're getting that for Travis Hamannick, what are you getting for Scott Mayfield at one what what one point four five is it? Yeah, for I think four years, three <laughs> or four years. On like a good defenseman, he can get you 20, 30 points. He's really good around the net. Just does everything well. No, he does. He really does. I think he would have value in a trade. And again, he's on the right side, like Noah Dobson is too. So it makes sense for them to open up a slot on that side. Yeah, absolutely. And would he then slot next to Nick Letty? Me likey. I like that a lot. Uh, probably either him or Taze. I don't think you're putting him with Thomas Hickey. I like the idea of having a vet with him who can tell him what to do on the ice. Like Taze, is, he's been there a year and he's a great mm-hmm. defenseman. But I, I'm down with Taze, Taze Boychuk. I like that. Okay, right? like obviously uh, Boychuk Letty have some sort of symbiotic relationship at this point, so you don't want to have to split them up. But just at the point where Boychuk is, yeah, wow, yeah, he just let Letty do the teaching, let Letty do the mentoring. Yes. So you're and, not gonna you're not gonna put Boychuk with uh, Dobson. No, no, two righties. Come on, absolutely not. But that I 100% agree that he should be the number one ranked Islanders prospect and is ranked the highest from there. I think that's probably pretty fair. And there's a, I would say, uh, I'm gonna say 60% chance he's playing for the Islanders this year. For Dobson? For no, I'm sorry. Rephrase. Okay. That he stays past the nine game nine game trial. 60%. What are you saying? 99.99%. The only reason I don't is because you never know. Okay, don't I give 100, I should say. I love your confidence. I guaranteed it a couple weeks back. Like, okay. Why would he not? There's no reason. He's gearing up for it. Did you read Arthur Staples' piece today? Today oh, yeah. being uh, July 24th? Like He's gearing up for it because there's no reason he should be going back to junior. He's done everything you could want from a junior prospect. He's dominated on the regular season from two different teams. He's dominated in the playoffs across two seasons and two different teams and won multiple titles for two different teams. What else can he do? There's nothing else for him to learn just to just dominate more. Great. He already know he's a dominant player. <laughs> I guess. I'm with you, though. I, I hope he makes his team. And they open up a spot it's not a hope. It is not a hope. It's a it's a guarantee. He gonna wow. do it. Okay. All right. I'll take your word on it. All right. Good. <laughs> then next up was Oliver Wallstrom, and it was understandable why he made the list. Uh, he was much higher the year before they said, but obviously after a little bit of a drop off, he's going to move down a little bit. But he is still a premier scorer, and we saw that in the small sample size in the AHL too. 
yeah, no, it, it, he's got the talent. I think the idea, and we've said it before, especially with Bodie Wild, and we've definitely said it related to Oliver Wallstrom, so putting him in a hockey first environment is going to be key to his development. Oh, 100%. So the fact that he's living and breathing hockey all day, every day, and it's not to knock the NCAA like that, that works for certain players. It's just not working for the type of player that Oliver Wallstrom is. And by type of player, I mean the mentality where it's like, I, I, I only want hockey. That's all I want. If I need to get a degree, I will get a degree later. But at this po- moment, the degree is worth less to me than, than playing hockey. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, of course not. And we saw the difference it made when he was playing hockey regularly. 0.7 points per game. I, I fully well expect him to keep that up in the AHL next year. And, and, and for his talk to rise next season. Like he wow. he will not be the was he forty sixth ranked on that list? Yeah, forty fifth. I would expect maybe. him to be in the top half next year. Okay, and uh, how many games do they play in the AHL? In the AHL, I believe it's a seventy six game season. All right, so seventy six. That's fifty three points. I think that's doable for Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah, and that's assuming he plays every single game. Like he probably sits some out because Brent Thompson likes to scratch people for no particular reason whatsoever. Right, but I I think he hits fifty points in the AHL this year. That's I think that should be the expectation actually too. Yeah, I, I really want to yeah point seven points per game because like if he plays fifty games then it or not fifty games but like seventy games then it drops that down by a lot. But like point seven points per game I think is fair or or around that. He doesn't have to hit exactly point seven. Like if it's six five then it's fine. Right, but you want him to be one of the better guys on the team. Correct. Like you don't want to have to be like, oh, our lead scorer was Steve Bernier. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but I don't want to have to do that. No, but you would like to see the Oliver Wallstroms and Kiefer Bellows of the world putting up big big numbers. Yeah, Bellows specifically, but yes, yes. When we're, when we're talking about Wallstrom, yes, I want him to be at the top of the team in terms of points. That's absolutely what I'm expecting of him. Yes, I think he does that this year yeah I, I don't see, I don't see why not I, uh, just like Dobson he is also gearing up towards the season he's out in Sweden um doing, doing a lot doing, of cardio doing a lot of cardio I, I I like reading something like that because he, he's doing something different and he's he's, he's shedding um, this North American mentality where we have to be tough. We have to be tough. You're like well guys there's another aspect to this if you can't breathe after being out there for a minute you're no good yeah, he's building up his endurance. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing other things as well. Like, he's not just working on, on, on his endurance, but if you can play at, at the top le- at the top of your game without feeling tired, then you can play at the top of your game for longer. So, like, it just it just makes sense. Yeah. You can't that beat does. someone's brains in, but, like, if you can score, <laughs> then that's the point of the game. And that's what you want Oliver Wallstrom for. You, you don't want him to be throwing the body around all the time. You want him to be being the dynamic goal scorer that he is. Exactly. Okay. Do you think he gets any shot in the NHL this year or no? If they're going to give a 10-game sample to someone that, you know, they're not so sure, but he's doing well, it's going to be him. I'm I'm at like a 30% chance that he gets a 10-game sample. And by 10-game, I'm not saying the full 10-game, but like a game, two games type of thing. I think they probably have him play the entire year in the AHL, and then next year around this time, the expectation is for him to make the team. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I can get behind that. That's why, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Then last on that list was Bodie Wild, who he had himself a very, very nice year. Yeah. And uh, 
What league? You OHL? In the OHL, that's right. Uh, for the Saginaw series, Spirit put up 70 points, 19 goals. <sighs> like the third highest scoring defenseman in the league. Yeah, he put up some huge numbers, and that's going to transition. Well, he'll make the transition to the AHL this year, which I think is big. Obviously, Dobson's the only one of the three who can't play in the AHL this year because of the age restriction. But I like that with Wild, you're able to have him in the AHL playing against good competition. You know that there's guys in the AHL who can play, whether it's veterans who are at this point just not made for the NHL anymore, i.e. Matt Molson, or young and up-and-coming guys. <laughs> nice dig. No, I don't mean that as a dig. I love Matt Molson, but that's just at this point in his career, I mean, that, that that's what he is. Well, fair enough. Or, you know, up-and-coming guys a la Kiefer Bellows. Right. And Josh playing- Lusang for a half decade. <laughs> It's true. It's true. We're almost there. Half decade of Joshua saying in the AHL, uh, but it is it is a mix of talent and and uh, just how do I like determination? Like there's some guys that are just there because they want to play at the highest level possible, and the highest level for them is the AHL. Like, it's nothing wrong. They they draw a good yeah. salary. Like you're you're getting paid seventy thousand dollars. Like that that's that's what yeah. I make. Uh, but if you want to play, then then play. Make that, money. Play. That's just it. Um, I can know I can see him playing the AHL. I don't see why he would go back to the OHL. It's a higher caliber of, of play. You're one step below the NHL. Why would you go back to the OHL? He's he's not. I there's a I would say there's a, I will confidently say there's a zero percent chance he goes to the OHL. I will be in the AHL. I'm gonna say there's a one percent chance, and that's if Lou's like, man, eh, we have too many guys here. Anyways, just go, just go and dominate. Just go and dominate. Just go. You gonna. Give a spot to David Quinville or whoever else in the world over no, not Noah Dobson. Excuse me, Bodie Wild. I I wouldn't. I personally would not. But maybe Lou does. I don't think. I don't think so. I really don't. I, I'm I, I'm only a percent off from you. Just one percent off. I think there's a one percent chance that he doesn't, but a ninety nine percent chance that he does. Okay. Let's <laughs> be being as fancy as possible. There you go, middleman Mitch. <laughs> Um, with Bodie Wild, though, I, I think like Oliver Wallstrom too, he plays the entire year in the AHL. And my plan for uh, Wild would be that you wait until Boychuk retires, and then he's the replacement for Boychuk. So that's probably another two years in the AHL. That's a long time. You, you, two you, years. You bring up really. one, you bring him up when he's ready, right? But where are you going to put him? You're not taking a spot away from Noah Dobson or uh, Ryan Pulak. You figure something out. You definitely figure something out. You try to find a, a new home for uh, for, for Johnny Boychuk. Boychuk. If it's Carolina looking to make the cap floor or Arizona looking to make the cap floor. Again, he carries a $6 million cap hit, but his salary, his base salary in those years is $1.25 million. Okay. So like he has signing bonuses though, 2.75. Uh, but if you skip, if you trade him after July one, when those signing bonuses are paid, the then the ticket price there. is a lot less. True. I just I think Bochuk's only going to play two more years anyway. You, you, probably, but then you still try to trade him. Like I think Bodie Wild could play next year in the NHL. Really? Probably. You'd be ready that quick. Probably, and if not, you know whatever. That's a perfectly fine. Then then your plan works. The only thing that you run into a problem is if you got to do it for a third year, if Boychuk wants to play out the entirety of his contract. 
yeah, <laughs> then you darn done uh, not looking good. But then you find another home for him. No, you're right. He's got that no move, but we've seen players wave their no move to go to undesirable destinations. Like Phil Kessel Milan, went to Arizona. Milan Lucic went to Calgary. Would that be undesirable? You want to go to Calgary? Didn't, aren't you the one who said it's like negative 100 degrees there? Yeah, but every day? You were in Edmonton. I guess. I guess. Yeah, you went from Edmonton to Calgary, a team that makes the playoffs, uh, that has a better understanding. The organization is not as toxic as Edmonton. Like yeah, that. That's a much. That's like saying I went from Florida to Tampa. You're still in the same climate, but uh, there one is clearly better than the other. I guess. So I don't know. I don't know if Calgary is desirable, but I I understand what you're saying. It's more desirable than Cal than Edmonton. I'm gonna say. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. So with that, like, there's the summer showcase also so- showing up like tomorrow. Right? Mm-hmm. No, two days. On the 26th, it starts. Okay. Um, and all three are playing. No, sorry, two are. Wild and Wallstrom are on Team USA. Dobson was named, but then I guess they retracted it because they don't want him playing that much hockey right now. Yeah, I mean, he's played a ton of hockey the last two years with the Memorial Cup championships and stuff like that under his belt. So just let him relax and get ready for September. Yeah, and, and if he doesn't play in the NHL, he's he's going to be on the World Junior roster. So, like, there's no harm in that. He's he's making the team. They don't need to check them out because that's what this summer showcase is all about. So, if you don't know what that is, it's a four-team tournament played in, in, in Michigan where it's Team USA, Team Canada, Team Sweden, and Team Finland playing, like, this four-team tournament. Uh, and it's like a dressing for, a dress-up for uh, the World Juniors. So, they, they, they test various players and they, they like to get, see who who's, who they can name to the actual team. Yeah. So it's kind of almost like a glorified tryout, no? Yeah, but exactly. Some of these players are, are going anyways. Like Wallstrom has a place no matter what uh, on Team USA, according to Arthur Staples uh, reporting. Um, but, you know, Wild doesn't necessarily have a lot of plays locked in. Like Blade Jenkins has been named to the Team USA roster for this tournament. He okay. definitely doesn't have it locked in. Christian oh. Krieger, another one of the Isles prospects. Uh, playing in the NCAA for Notre Dame has been named. So, you know, they're, they're trying out to see what they got. Okay. Uh, so it'll be nice to see these guys play in the summer, specifically the two that are actually going in, in Wild and Wallstrom. Right, which you're kind of intrigued to see what they're doing. Even though it's against younger competition, you still want to see as much of those guys as you can. And they, they need to play more. They need to show themselves as well. Like if they have a good tournament, that's going to look good for them going into camp. Yeah, it absolutely will. Like you, you hear about the draft, like, oh, the, this player had a great Holinka Memorial Tournament. And you're like, what the hell tournament is that? I've never heard of that <laughs> in my life. It sounds like you're making up words. But they have this great whatever world tournament, international tournament, and you're like, oh, my God, he's a first-rounder now. This, this, <laughs> will, right. help, this will help their, 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 the narrative surrounding that player. You're, it's crazy that four-game sample size can make all the difference in the world. It's insane what tournaments do. I don't understand how people, why people grade players based off tournaments. You shouldn't. You, like they could have one really good tournament, but not be a great player. Happens all the time. Exactly. So, in football, Alex Ferguson, the uh, ex-manager and, and knight of the British Order uh, for Manchester United, would always say, "You don't buy a player after a good World Cup. You just don't, because you're overpaying for a World Cup performance that he could have just got hot and." That's what happens. They did that, not not um, 
Ferguson, but Manchester United did it when Ferguson left. They bought this this defender called Marcus Rojo from Argentina, and they overpaid like crazy because he had a good tournament with Argentina. Came to Manchester United. That's what happens. He warned them. Yeah, he warned them, and then they went like, "Man, we're not going to listen to you," even though you're the like the winningest manager in our team's history. But that's fine. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So, uh, but you did mention that tournament though, and I am excited to see those guys. So. That I will keep my eyeballs on this weekend. Yes, I am looking forward to it. So it's uh, July 26th, August 3rd. Keep your peepers peeled. There you go. Uh, Last thing we're going to get to before the social is bottom six. (laughs) But this is kind of coming from what we saw Nashville do. So, (laughs) Colton Sisson received (laughs) a... Seven-year contract. Jesus, Murphy. His career high in points is 30. He's their fourth-line center. So, I got a lot of people in my mentions saying, well, the cap hit wasn't that bad, so the seven-year deal doesn't matter. Still, the point here is, and I wrote about it, Mitch, which I don't understand, why do NHL general managers, including the Islanders, love to give fourth-line talent turn? I'm a little stumped. Um, we were all stumped when Cal Clutterbuck signed his deal, when Casey Zika signed his deal, and they were five and six year or five or six year deals. They were both not. five, yeah. So that's already two years less than this seven year deal, which is ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I maybe they're hoping that you know in, in years. One through five, they get great out of like they get great value. Like he he's he put up thirty points this year, fifteen goals, thirty points. That's not terrible. It's definitely maybe worth two point eight million dollars. And let's say he puts up thirty five points to forty points next year. You're going all right. We're definitely getting more out of him. But he's twenty five right now. He's going to be twenty six this season, and you have him for seven years. So you have him till he's thirty three. How many of these years of this deal is not going to look great? Right. And that's the thing, too, because you're going through Islanders, but like you paid Leo Komarov, <laughs> you gave him a four year deal at 31 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At $3 million. At $3 million a pop. And he's he's getting you, what, 26, 30 points? What did he get last year? 36, I think it was? No, not, thir- not 36. It might have been, if anything, 26. I'm looking at it right now. Leo Komarov, $3 million had. 26 points. There it is. Uh, and whenever I wrote this yesterday, the day before, I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, Down Goes Brown had something for The Athletic, and he did like this predictions thing. He was like, oh, I'll tell you what your team's line's going to look like. Yep. And I clicked on it. I was like, I have no idea what this is going to be. And it was basically like giving like stereotypes. So he's like, okay, everyone's favorite player is on the top line. You definitely own one at least one of his jerseys. And then it was like, uh, random guy from KHL who put up big numbers is your third line winger. You like the move because you think your general manager is thinking outside the box. And then it, one of them, which this fits to the Islanders and the Sissons deal, but it goes just like this. He says, uh, is making $3 million. You're not exactly sure why, but you better get used to it because he's signed for term two. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Sissons, Komarov, Clutterbuck. Maybe not with Zizekas exactly, because he's probably the best of that bunch. But well, and and therein lies the argument for doing it, because if it works, you look like a genius. 
if it doesn't work, we'll... But what Down Goes Brown said and what I said in the article, you're telling me that you can't get... Like, Tom Kunakel's making seven hundred grand. You're yeah. telling me that he can't do the same job Cal Clutterbuck can for $2 million less? A shrug emoji? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, he probably could. He probably could. I think could. he one hundred percent does. Yeah, and but we can get Tom Kunakel for one year. And how many? How many Tom Kunakels are there out there? A lot. Oh, a ton. Yeah. So, like, when you're done with him, you bring him. Bring on the next one. Really. Or even another example, which I just thought of, they gave Ross Johnston a four-year deal. <laughs> And they barely use them. And they don't use them. Well, yeah, it's a million dollars. You can kind of shrug that one off a little bit. But with, I, I don't understand. Even if, like, let's say they didn't have, like, Kyle Clutterbuck not on the team, Matt Martin not on the team. So it's like, okay, you want to bring back Tom Kunako? You gave him, like, two years at 800000 Are you complaining about that? No. no. <laughs> That's a good deal. Um, <laughs> why do GMs do it? Because they want to look smart. Uh, they they think that they could beat the odds with a deal like this, and it's low it's low impact because you know you're losing two point eight million dollars. Yeah, but if you do that three times, like that, yeah. then then it's a big chunk of your cap. That's where it becomes a problem when you hand out a ton of these. Sure, one one is already you know suspect, but when you've got three in one team, whoa, right? That's twelve million dollars. Sorry, nine million dollars locked up. I don't know why I did three times four. Um, between Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas, and um, uh, Leo Komarov. That's a lot of money. And uh, the thing I don't get with the Zizekas one is he's making $1 million the year before. Like, he went from a $1 million bridge deal to a five-year deal at 3.35. Like, that's a huge jump. I think Gar Snow saw that the, he is not a fourth-line center. He is more than that. And he can do a, a darn good third line center job, and that's why he, he was probably fine with letting Matt Martin go because he wanted to change that fourth line into a third line, into a scoring third line. That um, just never really materialized until now. But they better use him as a third line center. I don't see why they wouldn't. I, I I really don't see why they wouldn't. He's he's probably one of the best third line centers in the league. Who is in a third line center? Who yeah? Who doesn't play a third line role whatsoever? Which is crazy, but it's unbelievable. So, so that that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. With the, everyone was talking about that contract because the seven years was absurd, and then it got me thinking: like, why do NHL GMs do this when you get similar value? Like, you can't you can't make the argument to me that Kyle Clutterbuck is worth two million dollars more per year than uh, what's his face? I, I don't know. I blanked out his name. Tom Kudakul. I don't know. I are you, you can't you can't are you telling me that Tanner Fritz couldn't be your fourth line right wing either? Leadership, Matt. He's got a leadership. He's full of grit, grizzle, and jam. Sounds like a but, terrible sandwich. I don't know. Tom Tom Kunakel has two Stanley Cup rings. Mitch, oh, he's only worth oh Matt coming out with the two Stanley Cup argument. I love it. Yeah, yeah you're right. So oh boy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You're right. You're absolutely right. Why do they do it? I don't know, but they do it. I, I think it's just they think they could beat the house on this. I guess. I don't know. But I just wanted to work that one in there. Fair enough. Want to get into some social stuff? Yes, because I have two things. Do you have anything? 
Uh, I have I have something, but you go you go first. We'll alternate. Okay. I hope I didn't steal this from you. Probably not, but we'll see. Um. So, uh, there's this thing going around on Twitter right now. Um. When it comes to jerseys and wearing jerseys, and I I don't get it. So it, it starts, I believe, with Megan O'Brien. who says, "I stand by my opinion. If you're over the age of 30 and wearing a jersey, it's weird." And then it goes to Mike Asti, who says, I'll go one step further. If you're over the age of 16 and wearing a jersey, it's weird. It goes one step further where Greg Wyshynski comes in saying, I'll go one step further. If you're at a sporting event and not wearing a jersey, I'm just going to assume you're using your company's tickets and or our cop. <laughs> See, I like that one. That's a good comeback. That's a good one. Because um, you could tell that one's tongue-in-cheek. That one's tongue-in-cheek for sure. Uh, but the other two, WTF, really? Are we... Like, I get it. A jersey isn't like a good piece of clothing to represent yourself as an individual to society i suppose and be like look at me i am successful and i own you know fine leather bound books and my home smells of rich mahogany no that's not what a jersey says a jersey just says like i belong to a community of people and i'm proud to wear that community of people's representation on my chest well i guess i'm gonna be a weirdo because i have a bunch of jerseys and i'm not getting rid of them no like I, i don't wear them all the time Mainly because I can't wear them to my job, but like I get it. What's wrong with wearing a jersey? I don't. I don't understand. I don't know. I like it. It's like almost like a conversation starter too. Like yeah. I don't know. Like if I feel like if I'm gonna go out to like a bar or like a party, sometimes I think like all right, I'm gonna bring out one of the jerseys and like I don't know. The more random the jersey is, I feel like the more conversations that get sparked from it. Right. And that's like half the fun. Like hockey jerseys are weird for that because they're they're sweaters. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to wear like a sweater to just like an outing, but when you have like a basketball jersey that's really just like a sleeve like a sleeveless shirt like I'm wearing now, it's great for the summer. It's breathable, so why wouldn't you want to wear that? Or like a baseball jersey buttoned down. Yeah, baseball jerseys look really nice. Like you said, buttoned down, wear that over some G's. You look pretty cool. I think football, football. You know, in the summer looks all right. It's got the weird pads, shoulder things, but like whatever. Yeah, some of them, some of the newer ones do look a little bit um, yeah. weird. Like what that. other sports? Soccer jerseys? I wear soccer jersey to work every day when I bike to work. Every day. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a soccer fan, but I do like soccer jerseys. It's nice material, usually. Yeah. It's great for, for when I'm biking to work. So these people could just like take a seat back. If you want to wear a jersey, go ahead and wear a jersey. If you're comfortable wearing a jersey, do it. Whatever makes you happy. Why do we have to tell people what to wear? Seriously. It's so stupid. Exactly. It's not saying like something racist. It's not saying something homophobic. It's not saying something insulting. It's just a logo. It's a logo in some colors. And we're like, well, you shouldn't do that. Oh, sorry. Let me put my business tie on, dad. Yeah, I don't. Jesus, <laughs> I don't Murphy, I really people. They need to take a chill pill. So that that was one. Okay. Mine for you is a little gambling action. Ooh. I know we both like to get into some gambling action. So the over-under on point total for the Islanders came out. Okay. 93 and a half. Are you Oof. taking the over or over. the under? Over. Hammer that over. Yep. That's easy money. That's easy money. It, they're they're an over team. This is the team, same team as it was last year. Uh, will they regress? Yeah. But even if they regress by 10 points, or sorry, not, not 10 points. If they regress by anything less than 10 points, you're hitting that. That's what I mean. Like there's Even if there is a regression, chances are it's not going to be a 10-point regression. I, I don't think so. We didn't think that they'd be very good last year, and they were. So, like, who knows? But, no, I, I'm still confident that they could be a 95-point team. My way-too-early 
prediction that is subject to change in the article was 97 points. Okay, yeah, that's fair. What is that, like 43 wins and like a, a handful of overtime losses type thing? Yeah, that's great. Like they they did everything right last year. They're bringing in a guy. Even even the the, the, the stats. Like we we looked at Dom Lushison Lushison. I sorry, Dom. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, and maybe easy. yeah. Uh, I'll just say Dom. Uh, the, the Islanders by bringing in uh, Simeon Varlamov and losing Robin Leonard lose one win. That's it. So then that would make you a 101-point team. Yeah. If you're going to just play the season out by the computer. Exactly. Obviously we know that's not how it works, but I think that there's a very, very good chance the Islanders are 94 points or better. Exactly. So there we go. I, I'm, I'm hitting the over on that for sure. I'm right there with you. Beauty. Uh, my last one is from Isles Meetup CLT. So those are friends at Isles Meetup. Uh, so uh, Mikey, what's up? He has a tweet here. It says, a lot of you have re- uh, requested car decals. Your wish is my command. I'll be selling them for $5 a season and all proceeds will be going to the Thomas Grice camp. Uh, and then he's saying plenty more merch is going to drop during the season. Hit that up if you're in, in part of Isles Meetup. I, I'm going to challenge him just say create an Isles Meetup one. Just an Isles Meetup one. So that anyone in any Miles meetup can have one. So if you're in LA, if you're in Philadelphia, if you're in Pittsburgh, if you're in Toronto, if you're in uh, uh, God Long Island, in on Long Island, you can get one, and it counts. Uh, and then you don't have to create a whole ton of them, a, a whole bunch of different ones, and it's all going to be the one. And then everything goes to Thomas Grice Camp. Love it, love it. Yeah, it's perfect. That's really kudos to Mikey. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's saying more merch is going to drop. Like I, I'm excited to see. Uh, I, I love I love Isles Meetup. I, I don't know of a single um, NHL team fan base that does that does this. They they might have some meetups, and I'm sure they do, but it hasn't been as successful or as widespread as ours. I I'm going to I'm going out of land saying it. No, because you have so many different chapters and stuff. Yeah, and I like it's not to say that other teams don't have fan bases in other areas. Like I'm sure there are Montreal Canadian fans living everywhere in the world or even just everywhere, even in Canada, but they don't have this kind of grouping in the sense of like, we have to come together and we want to come together and we wanted people to know that we're coming together. It's not the same thing. Uh, that, that, that we are, that we, but that the aisles meetups are doing. And I, I love it. Love it to death. I'm right there with you. So absolutely check that out. What's their at on Twitter? It's at Isles Meetup. So I-S-L-E-S-M-E-E-T-U-P underscore C-L-T. Uh, but if you just do uh, Isles Meetup, you type that in and look for people, there's going to be a whole bunch of them. There might be a chapter closest to you. Perfect. There you go. So want to do some last minute plugs before we get out of here? Yarp. Okay. So if you aren't already, please make sure to subscribe rate, review the podcast wherever you listen to the show. We really appreciate all the support and the listens each week. Also, if you aren't, you might want to subscribe to our Patreon page. We do weekly mailbag shows, which we're about to record right after this. And we also do other content like yesterday. We just talked about Josh Hosang and what kind of contract you think he's going to get in RFA negotiations. So if you're into other smaller topics like that, that we can go more in depth with on uh, those individual podcasts, you can sign up for that patreon.com slash eyes on aisles you can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles fs on twitter we have a facebook page too facebook.com slash eyes on aisles me and mitch are both are on twitter at matt o'leary ny and at tlo mitch you could download our app which is available on iphone or android you can find that in either app store 
And also, you could visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Episode 101 is in the books, Mitch. I certainly had a lot of fun. We're going to do it again next week. I already forgot who we said this was based for. Andy, Cody. I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I forgot already. Darn it. That'll do it for us. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.